Hi, I'm Trent Maxwell. And I'm Lee Mason. And we want to welcome you to our Live, Learn, Survive podcast. Since 2018, Lee and I have travelled the globe and met face-to-face with over 14,000 children. We've created a series of children's books and Maxie's Rescue Squad, where teens and young adults can learn life skills online that will not only help themselves, but help others too. We take what we do very seriously ourselves, not so much as soon we're here. So let's spend the next hour together with some fun, inspiration and kindness, and we'll try and learn something too. I'm joined here with my business partner, Lee. How are you, Lee? Maxie, how are you? I'm and good. I'm, I'm next to you this week. I know. And we've got a special guest today, we which is good. We certainly do. So I am going to get straight to it. So today we are joined by Robert Gofton, who is the Chief Executive Officer for Royal Life Saving Society UK. So we're in, we've got to behave today, Maxie. Um, so Robert has had an incredible career working within the charity and private sectors and has a wealth of expertise in commercial business and fundraising. He is a director, he was a director and CEO of roles for One World Events in Bristol and the children's charity Chicks, which is country holidays for inner city kids. He's a trustee of the Step One charity, which supports as many people as possible with disabilities and mental health issues fulfill their full potential, take control of their future and live more independently. So how Amazing. incredible is that? Amazing. Um, he was a former professional cricketer, played for Worcestershire and Leicestershire, which is getting close to my neighbourhood. Um, professional football scout, so I've got a couple of questions about that. Keen surfer. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and I read on his LinkedIn that his finest moment was beating Loughborough University Cricket First Eleven in their own backyard. That's, that, that's a great knowing achievement. Knowing the um, Loughborough Uni people, that's a big achievement. <laughs> so, um, so to start this chat then, um, RLSS UK, as it's um, abbreviated to, Royal Life Saving Society UK, we've been associated with the organisation for many years. As you know me, I was a member and my mum um, was an RLSS teacher and examiner. And then in 2017, you came on board as an ambassador for Rookie Lifeguard, which we just saw and thought was a brilliant initiative. So we're going to have an amazing chat with Robert. And we are joined here with Robert. How are you, Rob? Welcome. Oh, thank you, guys. Uh, what a great intro. And um, that Loughborough Uni thing was a bit of a tongue-in-cheek because obviously... Uh, my university was based in Leicester, Loughborough was just up the road. They were great at sport and we were Leicester, so it was, uh, yeah, it was a good one. But I'm really gr- uh, grateful to get the invite so I could come along and toot my own horn. And hopefully at the end of this, I'll be able to join your band. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah honestly, mate, it, it, it's great. I know you're a busy man. Um, but uh, what we're going to do, uh, what we've done in the past with special guests, we're going to ask you, you know, 15 questions, um, a little bit about what you do, uh, about you as an individual and, um, you know, just to kind of get a bit of a feel about yeah. you and uh, what you do, which is amazing. So uh, everyone's in for a, for a good, really chat. good chat. Yes, exactly. So we'll start it off. So I'll just do a little bit of a sound thing. Yeah. Maxie's got the music, Robert. He's a bit fancy with all of this stuff, to be honest. First okay. question, Maxi, go for it. First question. Okay, so tell us about RLSS UK. How are you recovering after the last two years as well? Uh, okay, good question. Very quickly before I start, I just want a big shout out to uh, people of Ukraine and obviously the people of Russia who are going through a bit of a hard time at the moment. I'm not going to get into politics, but also I just wanted to have a big shout out to the guys in Queensland and New South Wales because I know that 
it's uh, pretty tough times for you yeah. guys. Yes, uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot going on, isn't there, in the world? We um, touched on that last week. Exactly. Yeah, I, I um I had a busy busy fire shift the other night. I was up all night, yeah, <laughs> traveling around. But it, it's 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 um you know people are good resilience, mate. Strong resilience, uh, not just here in Australia, but over in uh, Ukraine and Russia as well. And yeah, like you said, not to get too political, but yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on at the moment in at the moment in the world. And I just hope everyone stays safe and yeah, um you know we try and do what we do best is spread the education about um, water safety and first aid and stuff. So. And yeah. um, for me, the interesting thing is, two years ago, you had exactly the opposite. You were uh, pretty much on fire in the whole of Australia. So mate, there was, there was, yeah, droughts, floods, yeah. fires, COVID, it's all, everything. Yeah, what, whatever the event, Max is there, Robert. You know, fire is there, water is there. So he's the, he's the man for the job, to be honest. So <laughs> oh, can't, um, can't keep it away. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, mate, so, again, with that first question, that's a, that's a yeah. good point to bring up. So thanks for bringing light to that. Uh, so tell us, tell us about the RLSS UK and then adding on to that, how are you recovering after the last two years of everything that's gone on? Sure. So, um, gosh, the reason why I'm taking stock of what I'm trying to say is that actually um, we're a really uh, complex organisation. So if you look at everything that we do, we're a charity. Uh, we run campaigns. We run events. We're a membership organisation. We uh, have a huge number of volunteers. We've got clubs, life-saving clubs. Uh, yeah. We promote education around water safety. We run sport, life-saving sport. And on top of that, we're a commercial arm as well. So we do a lot of education, a lot of training. So it's a really broad spectrum of what we do. But fundamentally underpinning all of that is based around water safety, water safety education. And fundamentally, what we want to try and do is get as many people to enjoy water in a safe environment as possible. Um, yeah. In terms of the last two years, well, you know, when you while we were in it, it was, it was incredibly hard. Um, and we had to make some really difficult decisions to ensure that the organisation um, got through it as best as it could. But I have to say uh, the light at the end of the tunnel seems to have arisen and uh, we're in a good place. So, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I don't want to go back to the last year. Looking forward, I think uh, things yeah. are looking great and we've got a really optimistic and bright future. And yeah, that's great. And we're really big on uh, being in the moment and moving forward too. So, yeah, thanks for shining a lot on that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think you, um, you know, you hit on that. You did do what you have to do at the time and we've been the same to just like get through the time and then like you know now look forward and and like you say hopefully we don't go back there so um you know it's a time we'll talk about forever and um remember when and we just like um move on so as you move on then Robert so what are some of the main goals for the um for the organization for this year what's the focus Okay, so 2022 for us is very much a rebuilding year to try and uh, pick up from where the last two years have ended us up. Uh, very keen to rebuild our membership and engage with our members. So obviously, a lot of activity uh, within our clubs and with leisure centres has been curtailed due to lockdowns, etc. So yep. we're really keen to get uh, kids and everybody back into the water, get people back into membership. And the other thing that I think COVID has, has really... Uh, changed our way of thinking in terms of developing new qualifications, looking at how we can embrace technology 
how technology can help in the future going forward. Because one of the things we did during lockdown is we moved to a lot of online learning. So we were doing a yep. lot of lifestyle training through uh, through podcasts and through um, uh, learning management systems and stuff like that, all, all online, all really good stuff. And I think that's going to continue. And the other thing for us, I think we are now in, a, in an era where we want to try and shape the future of uh, government decisions. So looking at how we can lobby lobby government to try and get them to um, really take a, a stock and account of the, the issues around drowning and drowning prevention and how we can collaboratively uh, try and, and end that or reduce that as much as we can. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's just like, cause, because education is everything, isn't it? It's just, it's the heart of everything. I mean, the World Health Organization, they claimed other than like literally removing water, the third most important thing, which, you know, physically you can't remove water, it's all, you know, and, and then the next thing is educate people about it. And that is just like, you know, so important. So, um, so yeah, so Maxie, you've got the next question, which comes into that. Um, rookie so, lifeguards. So I've been very fortunate enough uh, since 2017 to be a part of the some of the rookie lifeguard programs that RLSS have done over the last few years. Um, I look forward to getting back over there in, you know, less than four weeks. Four weeks. Four weeks yeah. to go. Uh, to, so the third question is, rookie lifeguards, why is it so important for children to get involved? Oh, I, I mean, educating young people on water safety is absolutely crucial. I mean, the UK is an island. Uh, we also uh, do rookie in, in Ireland as well, so, which, you know, we're surrounded by water. It's a little bit like Australia in terms of it's, it's really embedded in our culture. People migrate to the sea, to rivers, to lakes, particularly when the sun's shining, the weather's good, probably less so often than, than, than unfortunately you get <laughs> over there. But, the, you know, that's life. It, so, so it's a real great opportunity to learn about mental health benefits and physical benefits, you know, just, just having a great time in and around water. And to underpin all of that, you need to understand uh, a little bit about water safety. And as a as a as a nation, it it I struggle with the fact that we haven't embraced that as part of our curriculum. We don't teach it in schools particularly well. And there yeah. are some great organisations like ours going out into schools and trying to teach young kids how to how to enjoy water in in that safe environment. Rookie lifeguard is an extension of that because ultimately it's about trying to get kids into the water using the lifeguard badge as a you know as an aspiration. We all want to be like Maxi. We all want to be somebody that's a lifesaver, somebody that's you know ideally sat by a swimming pool or on a beach, and trying to make sure that everybody on that beach or in that environment has a great time and can enjoy uh, what they're doing without having to worry about drowning. So. Rookie lifeguard is that basic building block for young kids on that first step to get them to understand the, 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 the how to how to look after themselves, how to look after their mates, how to uh, understand a bit of basic CPR, a bit of life saving skills. So it's really the the building block that helps people yep. on that journey um, to ultimately. I think what we all do is. Um, get a lot of pleasure out of water-based activity and that's what Rookie yeah. Lifeguard does. No. So it's being safe around water, having healthy, active lifestyle and ultimately having a lot of fun. We do a lot of fun things with the kids. 
yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great answer, mate. That's a great answer. It is. It's a, it's amazing. And I um, we first heard about it from a pool actually in Southampton that ran, that ran Rookie back in 2017. And, um, yeah, I just I thought this is incredible. So, um, so yeah, a, a great, great program for parents to get their kids involved in. And the courses are run all around the UK, aren't they? And now the pools are opening up again. Find your local pool and just, like, Honestly, it's the best thing that you you will do for your kids. Honestly, you know. So, um, so the other big thing that um, you run with um, RLSS, um, Robert, is Drowning Prevention Week. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about that, and also, if people aren't aware of it, how can they get involved? Okay, so again, uh, there's a common theme here. So it's about uh, developing the skills and the knowledge for people to enjoy water in a safe way. So we provide a huge amount of free resource, um, uh, water safety education resources, and that's for parents, for schools, for community clubs. It's all free. It's all available. There's lots of lesson plans in there. So the simplest thing you can do is go to our website, rlss.org.uk, um, type in Drowning Prevention Week, and you will find a huge amount of resource. And some of the stuff on there, like I said, we um, we used it a lot in lockdown. So a lot of parents hopefully would download the resources, sit with their kids and talk about water safety, what the hazards are and all of that stuff. So it's a free resource. It's um, it's a great week. We have a lot of fun with it because ultimately it's about showing kids in a in a in a fun environment how they can um, learn all these skills. But yeah, we we run it every year. It's one of our biggest campaigns, and yeah. uh, the more people that we can get onto it, the better. I think as well this year, Robert, it's just, it's more important than ever because some of the things that we've learned over in Australia is that because of the pandemic. Um, obviously there hasn't been as many lessons. People haven't been able to have, kids haven't been able to have swimming lessons. So they're less, um, you know, in, in practice in, in one way. And then the other thing, people have been going to try and find more remote beaches to be away from crowds. And therefore they're the places where there are no lifeguards, they're not patrolled, and therefore people get into um, tricky situations. So there's some of the things that we've been like trying to, shine a light on over here and I'm sure it's the same thing for um over there so we um will be um support you wherever we can when it comes to your drowning prevention week yeah and look forward to like I said and and, and... go on Maxi no 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 you go mate sorry oh all I was going to say is that so so we run the week um 18th to 25th of June and the reason why it's that week is it's just before the kids break up for summer holidays in the UK so it's a real key period to try and embed that safety message before they leave school. Often, you know, they in the UK, staycations, going on holiday, ending up on the local beach uh, and just having that awareness. So that's why we do it when we do it. Yeah. Brilliant. We'll be traveling around all of the UK, a bit of Ireland, Wales. Yeah, Scotland, ahead of the Easter holidays. So hopefully yeah. we'll help sort of reinforce that ahead of the Easter holidays and then drowning prevention reinforces it into yeah. the summer holidays so, so yeah it's all it's um, all about getting the education out there so now mate a little bit of personal stuff yeah oh here we go he's got his music again robert Is he loves his buddy? music you always talk over the music buddy. <laughs> 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 all right okay so um so on to yourself uh keen surfer favorite place you have surfed 
Oh gosh. Well, let's get it straight out on the book. On the book, I am not a good surfer. Uh, I am very much a. Lady he said surfer. that you. You didn't say you were good. <laughs> you didn't say you were good, Robert. You said you were keen. That's okay. Keen, keen's keen's so, way better than good. So, so I'm not one of these people that chases the waves because literally, I'm. You know, I've got to make sure the waves are small enough. So, for me, North Cornwall. Always north. I've got to shout out to Devon because I actually live in Devon, so north and south coast of Devon. But generally, um, north coast of Cornwall, some of the beaches up there are beautiful. I think you talked about a, f- a few of those in, in previous podcasts, Sand and Sands. Yep. And um, so, yeah, amazing oh, area. That's Sand and Sands. Beautiful. Yeah. Great but spot. You, the thing about surfing for me is not necessarily about the waves. What I, I describe surfing as my happy place. So there's it, it's where I de-stress, where I get everything off my mind and all I'm just there in the moment. Uh, for me, there's nothing better than sitting in, in the sea, out the back, looking to catch a wave, the sun shining, sea's a little bit warmer than it is at the moment. And I literally just, it's like a detox for me. It's my... Yeah, my ultimate happy place. And uh, That's awesome. I, think I reckon got- you'd probably agree with that. Oh, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time in the ocean and uh, it's definitely something about the ocean that, you know, there's people always wonder why you see always a lot of surfers, even when the waves are not the best and you see, you know, pockets of 10, 15, you know, 50 people sitting just staring at the horizon. And it's just something powerful about that of, you know, people switching off and, and de-stressing like you said. Um, but yeah. Sometimes yeah. people get stressed though if they don't get their waves yeah. or if they get you know they get dropped in on or something like that. Yeah, but, someone steals your wave. I've yeah. I've heard all about it, Max. It's yeah. not all it's not all peace and light out there. <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen the stories. So um, yeah, yeah. so no. So I no a thing that I picked up on. Um, you know, football scout. I you know yes. I've got a question here. Who have you discovered? And if you did discover them. Can you tell us who they were? I mean, you know, did you discover David Beckham? I mean, I need to know these things, Robert. Good grief. I'm not that old. Come on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so, 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 so what happened? I'm very grateful, actually, you haven't asked me any cricket questions because I thought we might end up talking about the Ashes and all of that stuff. So about football. at the age of 16, I had the option to play professional football or professional cricket. I went professional cricket, but still kept in touch with a few people who played professional football. And ultimately, because where I live, I live in the southwest. Um, it's it's you know a bit far away from London. And and what happened was somebody said to me, "Oh, you decent footballer, obviously professional sportsman. You hopefully will be able to identify somebody that's got a bit of talent." And and ultimately, yep. that's how I started as a as a football scout. I did it just as a bit of fun. And I used to scout. Um, uh, Big clubs, so Plymouth, Exeter, Torquay, uh, gosh, Forest Green, um, Yeovil. So, so we're talking about um, players that probably were already signed on professional contracts. And yep. my job was to see if we could find good players who we could take on loan um, or just scout players who were on loan. For, so, for example... Uh, I did a job for Birmingham City where they had a guy called Ollie Lee who was on loan from Birmingham. Uh, Rob Lee's son played for England, Newcastle. Yeah. Good, very good player, but he was on loan at Plymouth Argyle. And the yeah. guy from Birmingham City was a pal of mine and he said, you're not far away from Plymouth. It's about an hour's drive. He said, can you go down and watch Ollie Lee? He's on loan. 
let me see how he's getting on, what you think of his fitness, ball skills, etc. So the reason why I'm rambling is because my job was not really to scout young kids. I was I, I was watching professional contracted players, um, generally in the lower divisions. I did see a guy called Trevor Shalabar play, who is now a current Chelsea regular, England under-21s player. High yep. quality, probably the closest I've got to... Um, to scout in somebody who's yep. gone on international, but you know, That's there's cool. not clubs, a lot of, a uh, lot of movement, a lot yep. of people on turn, et cetera. So that's, that's my scouting background. Amazing, incredible, and I bet you, you know, I bet you, um, it's something that you're, you, you know, you every football game you'll watch, you know, you bet you walk past the local park and see them having a kickabout and think, oh yes, hello. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a. It's the beautiful game, as they say. It's the, it's the world game, Maxi. It's the world game. The you game, you the call football game. over here, and it's not football. Yeah. That's like, but anyway, yeah, anyway we'll yeah. part, we won't get into that. Won't get into that. We so, won't. We uh, won't. You're right. Your next question, Maxi. Yeah. So, uh, back to the important stuff again, mate. Uh, are there any secrets that you can share to anyone listening that helped you get to where you are today? Um, the short answer is no. There's no secret. It's hard work, persistence. Um, I never had a set career path, so I, I, I never knew I'd end up in this role. Um, you'll see from my CV that I've done uh, a bit of an eclectic mix, but ultimately, uh, going back to what RLSS does, actually, it pulls everything together. So my career has uh, enabled me to see a lot of what RLSS does from my previous experience. Yeah, hard work, persistence. Um, and the, the, the thing that I've never been afraid of is taking on a challenge. So I would not look at, uh, at the next opportunity um, unless I felt it was going to challenge me personally. So I'm not yep. one of these people that likes to sit in the comfort zone. I want to yep. challenge myself. And that's why I've ended up in, with uh, a little yep. bit of a mixture of, you know, I'm not in particular one sector. I've done all sorts of things. Well, literally well, because I thought it's good and you're the sort of person that we yeah. that we uh, we we love to to chat to and yeah. have a part of our our, our tribe. Um, you know, it's that's what we always to... say. You just hit it. You you just hit it on the head. Hard work and persistence, and and you know, love a challenge. And love a challenge. Like, what is the worst thing that can happen? I mean, you know, we we always say about going out on a limb. Maxi and I have done things sometimes. We have got no idea what we're doing, but you know what? We know we'll step off a stage at the end of the day or we'll get back in the car wherever we might be and we go, you know what? We gave it our absolute all. We know that at least half the people in in there will have had a good time and you know what? We'll have learned something from it. So, um, And you know what? 98% of the time, you know what? It's, it's all okay. Definitely. So, no, you know, you know, life's not a rehearsal is it so um for me i've i've tended to move on when i've got a little bit stale a little bit bored not 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 with the organizations but within myself and i want to try and push yeah. myself and always want to learn and try and do something differently and and that's and that's yeah. many different people as well so this maybe nicely leads into next question, then Robert. So, how do you make those important decisions when they when they arise that you might, you know? So, what what process do you go through to make those important decisions? 
so generally, I never make them alone. Um, whether it's a work decision, um, always uh, consult, work with um, friends, colleagues, experts, do your research, try and gather as much information as you can. Um, but on personal, on personal choices, very much uh, trusted friends, trusted family, making sure that, um, that I've got a real balance of opinion um, and ultimately try and get to a situation where I think I've got um, that, that, that real strength in terms of understanding what that decision is going to mean for me as an individual and what it's going to mean for the other. Um, if, Great if advice. You, yeah, if you look at, if you look at work, um, I try not to make difficult decisions. Not that I don't want to, but I... Um, one of the interesting things you said, I think, on the podcast last week that that, um, that I was important, and I'm not important in my organisation. I'm actually at the bottom of the tree. There are people there who are uh, more qualified than me, um, more expert than me. I don't feel like it should be my decision to take on those those difficult decisions. It's, it's very much about empowerment, trying to make sure that those people feel like they can make the decisions and if they want to come and talk to me or they want a balanced view and or a challenge, that's my role. So, mm. uh, yeah. It, well, all those yeah, all those things you're saying that attributes to a great leader. So, yeah, um, you know, that, kudos, yeah, so that is a, good lead, leadership that you, you know, empower people to, like you say, do the job, make the decisions. And then, you know, ultimately things become a team decision. And that's what yeah. makes everybody – um feel included engaged well, well look what's you know again we're not not going to the whole ukraine thing but you know look what the ukraine president or prime minister's done you know yeah. go hey we'll get you out of this country so you know you're safe and well not nah, putting the gear on and i'm staying with the troops you know that's kind of that's a bit of an analogy i know it's a bit different with war and stuff like that but it's kind of that same sort of style of you know as a firefighter you know we always look up to good bosses that when we're fighting a fire, we're going to a really bad car accident. You know, you have someone in the trenches with you having a crack and, uh, and you know, making us all feel um, like a part of a yeah, team. Exactly, exactly. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a phrase I heard uh, quite recently, which is, is the ethos that I try and, and, and live by is that um, good leaders make followers, great leaders make leaders. Yes, Yes, I've seen that. I love that. That's um, great advice. That is great, great advice. advice. Might have to might have to pinch that. One yeah, we for, might borrow uh, that one, one of Robert. our future. We'll, uh, we'll, yeah, exactly. Future, future quotes. podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So, right, next question, Maxie. Yep. Yeah, so, how do you feel? Uh, sorry, how do you deal with setback in times when things go wrong? Okay, so I've got another another mantra of mine, which you can you can take as well. So. Um, in, during setbacks, my motto is, I never lose. I either win or I learn. Yes. That's the way that I, um, I deal with setbacks. So, yes, it's hard and, it, and, and, and there's no, being an ex-sportsman, there's no one than, probably more than me who wants to win. Um, and I don't take uh, losing lightly, but ultimately – uh, take some time, reflect, and understand what you can learn from that because th- there are only two outcomes. You either win or you learn. You never, ever lose. And kids should never, ever think that if they've been beaten or something's happened and they've come last, 
there's always something you can do to learn from that, learn about yourself and potentially yeah. learn how you can improve. Not, not going to lie, some of probably the best advice I've ever heard. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's so true. Like, you know, all the stuff that me and Lee have met, uh, met and we've done research and, you know, we've got quote books and all sorts of different things. You know, it's part of our podcast each week. But, you know, that, that quote of, you know, the lo- like losing and it's kind of such a, a strong word with sadness and unhappy and, and, you know, people think that they haven't got any self-worth. It's it's such a good mindset to change your mind to thinking, hey, I'm not losing here. It's just a bit of a learning curve. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to win by waking up tomorrow yeah. and uh, doing the best that I can do. And that's not yeah. just with sport and stuff like that. It's yeah. with mental health as well. You know, people are struggling, having yeah. a really bad day. Yeah. Um, it's just a learning curve. Yeah. And anyone will tell you, anybody that's really successful will always tell you they've always had more failures than successes. But, you know, the failures are what taught them the lesson that made them eventually the success. So, um, you know. It's it's kind of one of the things that that I don't necessarily agree with in schools at the moment is they seem to have taken uh, the approach where no one can lose and actually – um, in, in many respects, it's not about losing. Like I said, it's about learning and improving and understanding what you can do going forward. We have that mentality. We've always had that mentality in sport that you either win or you lose. Life's not like that. Um, matches, uh, definitely you can win or lose. But life, business, um, there is no start and finish line for for business. There's no start and finish line for life. I'm I'm not going to on my deathbed say I've won at life that doesn't work or I've lost at life you know we're all on this journey together and ultimately um, you may have individual battles um, and you may have individual wins but ultimately there are no winners and losers it's all about learning and enjoying the journey Mm, yeah exactly so so true so um, that's brilliant advice Robert I know there'll be a a lot of people listening that will take some stuff away from that. So thank you for that. So um, so you were just talking about sport. And one of the questions I've got for you, um, you know, lo- there are lots of people are good at sport. So what do you think is the difference that makes you go from good to, to being great at something? What 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 is that? What's What makes the difference from good to great? Sure. So... Um... I think you've got to you've got to have that will to succeed and excel, but you've also got to be able to take responsibility and to take blame uh, when when things haven't go uh, um, uh, right. A, a little bit in terms of what we just talked about. So never be afraid to fail because failing is learning. Um, the ultimate goal is to is to learn quickly and to move on quickly. And once yeah. you do that. Um, you'll always be in the right side of things ultimately uh from good to great you've got to find out you've got to find something that you're passionate about so something that you really believe in um and um you know if you do all of those things uh, generally you you'll be fine but uh good to great doesn't happen overnight it's um it's uh something that you that you build momentum um and you work hard at and you've got to work on every single day yeah, and like perfect your craft if it be it whatever it may be, you just gotta like you know, um, you know perfect your craft, put the put the hours in and and work really hard at it. So, um, brilliant, brilliant, so much advice there, Robert. Thank yeah, you. It's awesome, mate. 
Um, moving on, uh, if you could be a first responder, what service would it be? Now, there's no pressure here, Robert, being as we know, we're sat next to a firefighter. Feel free to make your own decision. Yeah, don't have to say fireys, but if you want yeah. to be a fireman, it's, it's cool. <laughs> Lifeguards, not first responders. Oh, you know, uh, you know like, throw lifeguard in. Lifeguard, lifeguarding, firefighter, paramedic, police officer, um, sure. you know, doctor, doctor. Or yeah, on on call. Doc, like doctors are on the yeah. field, but yeah, doctors are uh, in the hospitals. They always get the second or third. First responders is like bang. It happens okay. right now. You're on. Um, and that could be so, yeah, like you said, lifeguards, firefighters, police, ambulance, coast guard. You know what? The, 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 it's a great question, but the problem is it's a bit like you asking me which is my favourite child. Um, so, so I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick my neck out and give you one, uh, and you're gonna like it. But it's not because of you, Maxie. Although I think you're amazing, but uh, my best friend, my best mate, my best man. Uh, 30 years in the fire service, um, absolutely uh, diamond guy, um, and I uh, love him to bits, and therefore, fireman gets my vote. Fire service. Fire yeah. service. There so there you go. I can see you. What? Just what? Just one day only, Robert. Often firefighter is going to get the uniform on, and um, yeah, I I can see it. We'll we'll put that in the um, idea. So, um, but that's great. If you if your best mates are fiery and you sat in front of one now, you sort of didn't have a choice, yeah. did well, you? Really? I'm, I'm very lucky. Uh, one of my good mates outside the job is at my fire station at the moment. So it's like turn up to work, working with your best friend. You know, through hardship, through good times, bad times. Um, it's pretty cool working with a good mate, um, and you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a good answer. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, yeah, great answer, yeah. firefighter. You, if you've got a spare jacket, Maxie, we'll take it across for yeah, Robert. Yeah, a couple of like, shirts, Yeah, mate. just like yeah, exactly, exactly. So, okay, Maxie, next thing you, you were going to ask for some advice now that we can pass on for um, people. So you go. Yeah. Uh, so can you remember? Can you recommend a great book to read? Sure, I, I'm going to bend the rules a little bit. I'm going to give you two. Um, so in terms of personal yep. development, there's a book called uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. I don't know if you've ever come across yep. it. Stephen it's Covey, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's got some great principles in there, some really sage advice. Uh, I would recommend it to everybody. Uh, that would be my sort of business head. If you're looking for something that's a little bit lighter read, but ultimately is also very inspiring and teaches you a lot about life, it's got to be uh, Nelson Mandela's uh, Road to Freedom autobiography. Uh, an amazing yeah. story, an amazing book, an amazing man who who um, you know has has achieved great things and 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 talks a lot about in the book about some of the things that we can learn from that. So that I'm going to give you two, I'm afraid. No, that's, that's awesome. Good. And I love autobiographies. So, and I've not actually read that one. So I will um, put that on my list. We've got so. a bit of flying coming up. So we yeah, a bit be... of flying coming up. We've got a few hours to kill somewhere. So um, I, uh, that might carry across that one with me. So, um, so next thing, again, no pressure being as you sat here with in front of us um but do you have a favorite podcast robert is the one that you like to listen to oh well um, obviously i'm gonna park this one because this is ultimately my favorite now <laughs> obviously uh, yes yes 
And 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 you know I have been listening because uh, I'm definitely tooting my own horn. Um, but I'm impressed. <laughs> there are uh, there are three that I listen to on a regular basis. So it's uh, yeah, uh, go for it, mate. Three, give us your three. Uh, one is uh, close to my heart, which is the Price of Football by Kira Maguire. Um, it's a really insightful look at professional football in the UK. You will not believe how much money professional football loses in the Premier League and wow. um, it's, all, it's all funded by very rich people. Uh, yep. Great. So if you love football and you're interested in the finance of football, there's that one. There's the High Performance Podcast by a guy called Jake Humphreys uh, and Damien Hughes, I think, uh, Dr. Damien Hughes. That's a really insightful one um, in terms of um, personal development. And the other one linked to that, and I've got to say this because he's an ex-cricketer, played at Leicestershire as well, is a guy called Jeremy Snape who runs a podcast called Inside the Mind of Champions. And both of those lads do, uh, they do a lot of interviews of uh, high-performing athletes, sports people, uh, and they talk about what you can learn um, from being an ex-professional sports person um, in, in business and how you can translate that. So those three Brilliant. No, they're awesome. Thank you. I know that Maxie and I all listen to those because we yeah. um, love a podcast. One of the one of my favourites is Simon Sinek, um, A Dose yes. of Optimism. I love that. I, there's something about him and the way he talks that I just find really, really good. engaging. Mm-hmm. So that's my um, little one back. But you're nodding, so you probably heard that one. Yeah, and, and actually, um, so when, when I joined RLSS UK three years ago, we looked at our strategy and what we're going to do going forward. And one of the biggest things that we took uh, and we worked on was understanding our why, which you probably know from Simon yeah. Sinek. Yeah, what, exactly. What's the organization's purpose? Why are you here? And once you understand that, everything else becomes a little bit yeah. easier. And you know what? We've done exactly the same thing yeah, with, with us with Live, Learn, Survive. And, um, and it's like, you know, yeah, it, if you know your why, everything else for falls into place mm. so um brilliant brilliant so, mate, we've got we've got two more questions to go mate uh you're doing you're doing amazing and there's been some great great conversation here but uh to f- finish it off what advice would you give to your 16 year old self oh god well um apart from buying shares in amazon Tesla. <laughs> Uh, on a serious note, okay, so th- this is a really tough one for me because I, I, I've made a lot of mistakes when I was young. Um, and f- for me, uh, the first one is I would say live your best life. And what that means is um, basically life's not a rehearsal. You get one stab at it. You've got to make the most of it. Um, um, a little bit like what uh, in a previous podcast you talked about authenticity so you'd be authentic be kind be generous you know like I said this this is it the buck stops with this there is no there is no second chance so make the most of it and live your best life and the second one is um, referring back to um, my sporting days is um, don't leave anything in the locker. So what that means is that everything you do, do it with passion, do it with 100%, do it with the right attitude. Um, yeah. I learned the hard way when I was a kid. I had a lot of talent, but I didn't have the right attitude. 
And as people, as people, uh, as you go up the pyramid and you get to a certain level, everybody's got talent and everybody's working with the same level of talent. The difference then becomes your attitude, um, your resilience, how hard you work. And um, people need to realize that talent only gets you so far. Um, so if you leave that in the locker or you leave hard work in the locker, yeah, you're not going to do as well yeah. as you should. Attitude is everything, isn't it? It's it's literally what you what you maybe lack in ability. If your attitude's right, you will beat the person that's got the more natural ability mm. every single time that doesn't yeah. have the right attitude. Yeah, and, and the sad thing exactly. is nobody, nobody said this to me at sixteen, so I've had to learn the hard way. I know. Yeah, you have um, to learn. But... You have to learn it yourself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. And you know what? That is exactly why, um, you know, going back to like our why, um, that's why we do this podcast because, you know, um, I'm a couple of years older than Maxi, just. Um, and, you know, all these things that we've learned, we know that a lot of people that are listening to this are 16 up to 25 to 30. If they take one thing on board at 25, they're already 10 years ahead, 15 mm. years ahead. That's what that's why we're doing this. So um and I think to be really authentic about sharing your experiences, um, you know, that that's what it's all about because it might give it just might change one thing for one person and that's why it's all been all been worth it. Mm. So um so yeah, no, brilliant Robert. Thank you. There's been so much there. So um so we always have Maxie's gonna ask you a moment, um because we always put a song in our playlist. But as we were doing this research, I can't not bring up this week. We were both <laughs> at the same university at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> we may yeah. have walked past each other somewhere in Leicester at some point in the day, and we had no idea until I looked, I found you on LinkedIn, and it said, you were both at De Montfort University in the years, which I'm not going to say. and um, And it was just like, Oh my goodness! Small world. We're De Montford alumni, the mighty Leicester De Montford University. And I, and I see you 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 now a, a representative of the alumni in Australia, which is fantastic. I I don't know about you, but I absolutely loved it. Uh, I was yes. there for four years because I did a placement, worked for Pirelli Tires uh, in Burton upon Thorpe, so just up the road. Four years yes. at uni, absolutely loved it. I love Leicester. I love the university. I love I love life. Uh, I had a great time, learned a lot, and fortunately came out with it with a, 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 a good degree at the end of it. But, yeah, it was amazing. And uh, the best thing about this conversation was that when I said to you, have you been to Mosquito Coast, the student at the weekend, or there was also a place called Crystals, which are, they're probably all shut down now because we're talking a long time. But three I of the remember. Best, best nightclubs in Leicester. So uh, yeah, one yeah, of the times. yeah. And then, and I and I came back to you and I said no, I didn't because I was the um, mature student and I was back on, after my lectures. I was back on the M1 home, but the fact I wasn't means when I get to England, probably Robert, you owe me a drink. We <laughs> <laughs> we 
we need to catch up. So, um, yeah, I actually um, was the alumni ambassador for Australia for a while because they didn't have one. And I thought, this can't be right. Um, but I, um, yeah, I'm still part of the alumni. I get the emails and um, and I've never been back. So maybe if we've got half an hour, Maxie, as we drive off the, uh, as we're passing up the M1, I might take you um, swing past and um I see it's changed a lot, a lot of new buildings. Um, but likewise, I did textile technology. I absolutely loved my time. And, um, and um, yeah, I, um, I got a scholarship. I got the um, – I was the highest because I did HND, so I just was two years because mine was purely to um, – I was, I was already in, in industry, in textile industry, and I wanted the – I needed the certificate to emigrate to Australia. Okay. Oh. So that's why I went. So that's why I was on hightailing it back up the M1 home after my lectures. And um, But I had a, um, going as a mature student, I had a thirst for learning that I wouldn't have had at 18. So yeah, I drank right. it up. I loved it. So, um, yeah, great uni. Shout out for De Montford. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so then... Sorry, go. No, no, I was going to say, I, I, I absolutely agree. And, and you know... Th- the irony is talking, listening to you talk now, is that our our lives kind of almost followed a similar path. So when after I graduated, I met my wife, and we wanted to emigrate to Australia. Filled out all the application forms for a visa, etc. Um, I had enough points to get in. I love Australia. I've been there half a dozen times. It's a beautiful country, um, and I always any stage I would love to go back. So applied we were going to emigrate we were going to move um unfortunately due to family circumstances and an illness um things changed but yeah i was it's interesting that you went to university yep. and then out there and and that was that was yeah. in my sight yeah yeah well i came as a 15 year old like you fell in love and then i just had this obsession and i couldn't get in i didn't have the point because i was i was whilst my um job was recognized in australia my um i didn't have the piece of paper so i had to go and get the diploma and this is like you know a bit of the persistence thing if you want something bad enough um so my husband and i worked out we could just about eat if i gave up work for two years i um went as a full-time student got the diploma six months later i had what i needed to apply for my visa and then australia moved the points so I didn't meet the criteria oh, yeah. again. Nightmare. That was a that was a dark day. Um, but then about six or eight months later, there was a different visa that was reinstated for regional people coming to regional parts of Australia. And that's what I did. So we yeah. talk about, you know, like always a long way around. If you if you want it bad enough, you'll, you'll get, get there. It. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So, um, but, so yeah. So, oh, um, yeah, oh, that's pretty crazy like you said the two paths crisscrossed and uh you know it would have been a very similar path uh rob but um yeah but mate i this chat's been amazing we've got one more thing to to tick off and then um, we'll let you go to bed we'll let you go to bed mate but can you give us uh your go-to song uh to lift your mood so if you're in the car or if you had a crappy day not the best day uh you need a song to pick you up to give you a bit of a fist pump put a smile on your face or reminisce about a certain time yeah, uh, have you got a song for our Maxi's Rescue Squad playlist? Yeah, so um, it's a bit of a cheesy song, I'm afraid. So it's well, um, I, I, I love my cheesy stuff, mate. Uh, you should see my playlist. 
um so it's it's the song is the garden and it's by uh, a, a fantastic boy band called take that um yep who probably a lot of you youngsters won't remember maxi but i know me, take that <laughs> maxi's listened to many a take that tr- on our road trips um robert that's yeah. my playlist thank you ne- i never missed a tour what are you talking about carry on well two things one you talk about memories and and uh this song is off their album the circus and we went to wembley to watch the 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 tour the circus and it was one of the greatest shows i've ever seen because as you can imagine they took the theme the circus and they created a full stage at wembley with acrobats and dancers and and it was an unbelievable show. And on, on top of that, if you ever get a chance, Google it, because they had this um, elephant, which must have been about 30 foot tall, obviously not a real one, a, a puppet one. And they sat on top of this elephant and it walked up and down Wembley Stadium while they sang this song. Yeah. But, so, so fantastic memories, one of the greatest uh, live shows I've ever seen. But the reason I like it and, it, and it kind of brings me to tears a little bit, is that... Some of the lyrics inside it are, are amazing. So it's all about living life to the fullest, making the most of every opportunity. Um, and there's there's a couple of lines in there. Um, one in particular that always gets to me is, this is the life we've been given, so open your mind and start living. And that is mm. uh, hopefully the, the philosophy that I have in life is, you know, th- yeah. you get one shot, make the most of it, have no regrets, live life to the fullest and enjoy yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Definitely and you know what? I think, um, you know, when you wrote that and I knew the song when you, um, uh, when you said about it and um, I think as we're going to, you know, in four weeks head across back to the UK after such a difficult two years, we were literally weeks away from coming before and now we're going to make it and we're going to meet so many, you have so many um amazing people in RLSS amongst your branches and we're going to meet so many of them from Devon through across Ireland to north of Scotland and right back down to you know um to London um we'll we're going to take that quote with us and we're going to spread all of that for you so that's what we're going to do so um yeah it's a brilliant line thank you well um I'd be great. I'm really looking forward to hopefully meeting you in person because uh, I will be able to fulfil my man crush. Uh, <laughs> Maxi. Um, funnily enough, it was because of lockdown, started watching YouTube Bondi Rescue that I found out about you. Uh, I must confess, up until that point, didn't know a lot about you. I knew a little bit about you, but that series and the work that you do and obviously being a fire, uh, working in the fire service is, is amazing. But obviously yeah. my heart is in lifeguarding, life-saving. Yeah, and mate, it's... Uh, and yeah, Bondi no. Rescue is right there. Yeah, Kids it's love been, it. a, been a few years, mate. 17 years have been a part of it. But, yeah, it's been a, been a fun journey. It's been good. But, yeah. you know, this is this is what I, I enjoy to do as well. Uh, when I'm not a firefighter, is do this stuff, um, you know, and look, I can't wait to get over to the UK and uh, do a really good tour and spread the message far and wide but 
Yeah, but it's exactly. Been, it's no, been it's been a brilliant, chat. brilliant chat. We are so grateful for us giving you time. I know it's late. It's early morning for us. It's late at night for you. Yeah. And there's going to be lots of things that we're working on with RLSS that we'll be able to start and talk about over the next two or three weeks in leading up to come over. But we just wanted to make sure that, you, you know, we had the opportunity to talk to you, that you could share the message of the organization. So as we start sharing on across social media what we're doing, that people will be able to join, listen to this, join the dots and get why we're doing it all. So, um, so, um, and um, just to finish, um, Robert, talking of the circus, I've actually got the DVD. So I think tonight, Maxie, we can put that on and watch that. That'll be a nice way to finish the day. That'll be good. And, um, and um, yeah, I took um, Maxie to see Robbie Williams once. So um, he's well, he's well aware of the um, magnificence that is Take That. And um, just quietly, Robert, if you could get me the opportunity to meet Take That when we're over here, that'll be, that will fulfill my girl crush. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but you'd be, um, unfortunately, in the queue behind me. So... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go. To, there you go. That's how we'll end it. It's a date. We'll go together. Take that. <laughs> oh, that's Brilliant. Brilliant. Looking forward to seeing you in the UK, and uh, and don't forget your wetsuits because this is not uh, this is not Bondi. Yeah, mate, I've been there a few times, and uh, yeah, I, I know I can get it. I've been I've been doing my practicing. I've been I've been doing my hot and cold plunges in four degree water, so I'm, I'm yeah. getting my body ready for it. Yeah, it was great when last time we got the um, fireys in Newcastle threw him in the Tyne, and it was seven degrees. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I just said, they said to me, do you think Maxie would go in the tie? I said, yeah, do it. I didn't even ask him. I said, you're going in the tie. I knew it would make the day. Everyone loves to see the Aussie plunge into that cold water. It's just perfect. So um, that's the kind of joy we like to bring and share, Robert, make people's day. So, um, Rob, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Uh, Yeah, again, thank you for all your words of wisdom. Yes. Um, and I hope you have a good night. I know it's late there. Uh, thank you for your time. And, uh, yeah, all the best, mate. I'll see you soon. Cheers, guys. And have, a, have a safe, safe flight. Okay. Bye. See you, mate.